feel a, a word I, I wish to preach. Um, Luke chapter 14, verse 10 reads this. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It feels so weird to do that out of order, sitting first. But, um, of course, in this uh, parable that we just heard, Jesus is giving Christians directions on how we are to carry ourselves socially, right, with humility and deference. But I think there's actually quite a bit more going on in this passage than just that. And the two things that clue me in to think that there's more going on is that it begins with it saying, Jesus told them this parable, right, which we know is a, uh, a story that captures a deeper truth. So right away we, we see that there. But then also in the very specific setting of the, G, of the story that Jesus tells when he says it was a wedding feast. Right, those of you who are familiar with your Bibles know that a wedding feast is not just some sort of incidental, uh, it was a kind of feast, right? It's an image used over and over in the New Testament um, for the kingdom of God. Jesus himself uses it specifically to speak about the coming kingdom of God, especially in reference to the end times, where we see it sort of in full bloom in the book of Revelation, that the marriage supper of the Lamb. Wedding feast, I think, clues us into the fact that Jesus is here teaching us again about the kingdom of God about how we spiritually approach God as our God. In the parable then, the host of the wedding banquet is clearly uh, a symbol, I think, for God. And we're given this binary distinction between choosing to sit down in a place of honor, which Jesus warns against, versus sitting in the lowest place, which Jesus commends to us. I think this um, teaching, choosing the lower place, could affect a number of areas of the Christian life, but I've selected just three to speak about this morning. The first is in the theological assertions we make about ourselves. Let me explain. The gospel, which I love how Hebrew says it, by the way, wonderfully read the lessons this morning today. I got so much um, listening to the readings. Hebrews says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. It's the old news that is the good news. That Jesus Christ, in his death on the cross and in his resurrection, um, has proclaimed eternally two things. That each of us is a great sinner. That this was the penalty of the offering for our sins. And that because the offering has been made... God is now extending infinite forgiveness and mercy and love towards us. His Holy Spirit and adoption in his Son. Those are the two truths, right? The bad news about ourselves and the good news about God's remedy. That should sound like the familiar gospel, yes? Okay, good. I was just kind of getting neutral there. Um, but I think this parable about sitting in the lowest place has to do with our claiming of the gospel is I think it's our place to claim chiefly the first part of that message. That it is absolutely true that we are sinners and we've been extended this infinite mercy and been adopted as sons and daughters of God, but that it's that first part of the truth that we are to be perennially leaning into. 
Just the simple confession of, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I actually am offensive to God in myself. That who I am, according just to me, is worthy of being put away from God, not welcomed into his presence. I think by leaning into the first part of the two truths of the gospel is the way of claiming the lowest place. I think it's why our Anglican liturgy is constantly putting these lowly words on our lips, right? You can't come to Good Shepherd for more than a year without having your heart be brought a little bit humbler through the liturgy, right? We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, right? Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. uh, Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. We're constantly, the liturgy is constantly taking us to a place of lowly confession. And I think that's a in line with the teaching of this passage, which is that that's right for us as Christians to take the lower place. The reason we do that is so that we leave room for the host, for God himself, to tell us the rest of the gospel. To say, friend, friend. It's one of the greatest titles scripture gives to God's favorites. Abraham and Moses is a friend of God. And in Christ Jesus, we are called friend of God. And God himself wishes to communicate that message to each of us. And I think the way we make space to hear him communicate it to us through his word, through his Holy Spirit in our hearts, is by not trying to sort of assert it ourselves, right? I think so often we, I grew up in a tradition that's taught, I need to constantly be asserting, I am forgiven, I am forgiven, I am forgiven. And that's true. I am forgiven in Christ Jesus. It's true. But I think Jesus is inviting us to not be asserting it for ourselves, simply to ourselves, for ourselves to assert, I am a sinner. I need mercy. And then let God communicate to you, you are, and you are forgiven. Friend, come higher. We approach him um, with the lowliness of a servant, and he says, no, you're, you're a son. I've called you my friends. I've given you the spirit of adoption. It's much more edifying for the Christian life to receive this truth from God rather than be trying to convince ourselves of it. And the way we do that is by taking the lowest place. If you humble yourself, he will exalt us. That's the first area I think this teaching applies in the way we speak about the gospel as it relates to ourselves. The second thing, um, if we get that right, taking the lowest place, um, it fundamentally affects then how we carry ourselves really in every area, but especially as we gather um, as a church. For instance, how we view our service in the church. Um, It can be a temptation, especially when God has distributed his gifts, to then say, this is my right to do this in the church. I'm, I'm really well qualified to do this, right? That's, that's sort of the church version of taking the highest place. How much better to say, what's a job that no one really wants to do? Well, I'll do that, right? And then see what happens. To take the lowest place rather than insisting on qualification. I think it also, um, this teaching about taking the lowest place it comes to bear in our participation in Holy Communion. One of the um, dangers of which Anglicans are aware is that in the re- because communion is so regularly celebrated, 
there can be this sort of lackadaisical, almost presumption. I find this in my own heart of like, yeah, of course I'm a Christian. Of course I receive communion. Right? Like it's just something that I'm just entitled to do. Um, contrast that with how um, the centurion, I think it's the centurion in the Gospels when Jesus is coming to him, says, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and I'll be made clean. And did you know that was a private prayer of Christians for like a millennium in their approaching communion? People would kind of pray quietly under their breath as they came to the rail. Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but say the word and I shall be clean. Right? Taking the lowest place, saying I'm not worthy to receive these great mysteries, but you've bid me to come and so I come and receiving from the lowest place and then being called higher into the very throne room of heaven. It's the testimony of the saints that the more they humble themselves before the presence of God, the more they experience God taking them up into the heights of bliss and joy in the knowledge, the mystical knowledge of himself. We spoke this morning in uh, Adult Ed about worthy reception of communion as Paul speaks about it in 1 Corinthians 11. It's one of the great paradoxes of the Christian life that the only way to receive worthily is to confess unworthiness. Right? Did you catch that? The, that's the paradox. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm not worthy but I receive you because I need you. I, I dare not turn away. And then uh, he promises to feed us richly. So taking the lowest place affects how we speak about the gospel applying to ourselves. It affects how we interact in the local body of Christ, how we come to communion. When you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place. And, and if we take this truth to heart, it will naturally impact how we interact in our, in our worldly social interactions. And Jesus makes this connection really clear, right? He tells this parable, and then he addresses the host, and he says, when you throw a party, don't invite all your friends. And I think he's clearly rebuking what he sees in front of him. Your friends and the people who invite you back to a really nice dinner. He says, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And do you see how things have turned? Jesus has gone to speaking about how we carry ourselves as the guest, right? Before God, he's the host, we're the guest. But in earthly matters, when you're playing the host, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Those are the people who are already sitting in the lowest place, right? And thanks to God's um, gift of medicine and medical knowledge, there are much less crippled and lame and blind than there were. So I think we do well to sort of interpret this broadly um, when we look at sort of how the crippled and the lame functioned in society in Jesus' time, I might offer this paraphrase. When you're um, cooking a dinner, thinking about having a dinner on a Saturday night, invite the oddballs. Invite the awkward. Um, invo invite the very elderly. Invite the mentally ill. When you're in a social setting of any kind, um, don't just pay attention to the people who are impressive. Go seek out the people who are unimpressive. Don't just dote on those who are accomplished. Show affection to the unaccomplished. Right? Because the natural way of socializing with these social creatures, we're always trying to like, climb up the ladder and, invite, and, and sort of win uh, friendship and accolade from sort of those who will sort of give it back and who there'll be some prestige in meeting. But Jesus says, don't let that be the governing principle of your social interaction. Of course it's fine to have dinner with your family, with your brothers and, and with your friends, but don't let that be your, the animating principle of your social life. 
Um, my, my mother of blessed memory was wonderful at this. And she was often, she had somehow found her way into having rich friends often. Um, and I, as a teenager, we'd go to these big parties, and in these big things and all these things, she would always hunt down the sort of aloof, awkward person that like no one was really socializing with, and she would just pour all her attention on that person to show them that they are valuable and loved. And that was my mom living out this gospel mandate. It left such an impression. She'd sort of snub these bigwigs and just socialize the people that I was like, wow, why are you chatting with that person? Because the love of Christ lived in her. And it's really uh, living out of the principle in which we live. God has sought out the lowest. When we place ourselves in the low position in any way, we're not doing some superhuman act of humility, we're just doing what's honest. Each of us deserves the low position. And so turning that around, we who have been, who are low and have been reached out to by the host, are in turn to reach out as hosts to those who are low, who sit low on the social pecking order. So I think it's one of the things that is a beautiful characterizing of the church at its best, which I encourage you to take to heart. Um, it, very practically in the organizing of your social lives and in your interactions. And then as we come before God, you know, chiefly as we gather on Sundays, to think about what does it look like to take the lowest seat? He who humbles himself will be exalted. Amen.